Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. All right, and without further ado, I'm going to bring up Margaret Aldrich. Thank you, everyone. Hello. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Um, Thanks so much to Skylight Books for hosting us. This is an amazing independent bookstore, and I'm so happy to be here. Um, And thanks to Todd Bowl, um, the man behind the movement, for being here tonight, too. Um, So if you live around L.A., uh, you might already know what a little free library is. Uh, Maybe you have one in your neighborhood, or maybe you even have one yourself. So I'm curious, I see a few familiar faces from the Little Free Library Facebook page, but how many people have Little Free Libraries? Uh Uh-huh. That's great. Oh, I do too. (laughs) Todd, you do too. Um, California is really an up-and-coming hotbed for Little Free Libraries. Um, There are more than 2,500 of them in the state of California, and that number is growing very, very quickly. So the first time I came across a little free library in Minneapolis, where I live, I knew instantly that I was in love. Um, Here my path was a box of my favorite things, books, and they were free. Uh, But there was more to it than just that. Here my path was also a reason to slow down, stop, and maybe look up for my cell phone, um, engage with the world around me, Here my path was an excuse to start a conversation with a neighbor who maybe I'd never spoken to before. It was really simple, but really elegant in that simplicity. Um, The simplicity of a little free library can be very deceiving, though, because through these little book exchanges, big things are happening, and all over the country and all over the world. Communities are being strengthened, literacy is getting a boost, neighbors are talking, And people of all backgrounds and economic standing are taking part. Um, Little free libraries are really reminding us that we can be better together. So there are now 28,000 little free libraries worldwide, and that number is growing very fast. I think, are there 1,000 new libraries a week? A month, 1,000 new libraries a month. So they're located in all the 50 states and in 80 countries around the world. And they can be found on every continent except Antarctica. So, but Little Free Library might be working on that. I'm not sure. So these images come from Honduras, uh, Pakistan, and the state of Montana. Um, since this is a living, breathing movement and more are built every single week, um, it is still a very exciting, um, dynamic movement. Um, And I'd like to read you a section from the book on how it all began. So, it all started with a sign that read free books. Todd Bowl built the first little free library for his Hudson, Wisconsin front yard in 2009 as a tribute to his mother, a former teacher and lifelong reader. Today, that single small idea has grown into a cultural phenomenon. 
The concept of a little free library is simple. It's a box of books posted in an accessible spot, often in a residential yard near a sidewalk. Everyone who passes by is welcome to stop and browse the books that fill the microlibrary. See something you like? Take it home. Have a book to share? Add it to the mix. Because the charming book exchanges run on this take-a-book-return-a-book honor system, the inventory constantly changes, and they offer something for everybody, from gardening guides to Russian novels to picture books. Beyond promoting literacy and a love of reading, a little free library sparks a feeling of community, too. When people pause to flip through the hardcovers and paperbacks, they're just as likely to strike up a conversation with their neighbor as they are to find their next great read. Todd always says, the reason Little Free Library has been successful is that people tell us constantly, I've met more neighbors in a week than I've met in 30 years. In 2010, after Todd had seen the first Little Free Library strike a chord with his neighbors, he teamed up with Rick Brooks, a community-minded outreach program manager at the University of Wisconsin, and they thought about how they could share the tiny libraries with the rest of the world. They decided to start with a big goal, to build 2,510 libraries, which was one more than Andrew Carnegie. That steel tycoon turned philanthropist was a fitting role model, but Bolenbrooks um, were coming from a much different background than Carnegie. Uh, the Little Free Library project certainly wasn't backed by Carnegie's millions. In fact, for the first few years, the libraries were pieced together on the deck in Todd's backyard with nothing but elbow grease and recycled materials. Add to that the fact that neither Bull nor Brooks were professional woodworkers, and it's a wonder that the project ever got off the ground. So Todd jokes that what a competent carpenter can do in 10 hours, I can do in 40 or 50 and not as well. One by one, the handcrafted little libraries began to pop up across Wisconsin and Minnesota, and delighted neighbors traded books and told their friends. Soon word of mouth, an NPR interview, and a few articles introduced them to other states across the country, and more were installed. Then more. In May of 2012, Little Free Library was established as an official nonprofit. Soon after, that August, Little Free Library reached their goal of building 2,510 libraries to beat Carnegie's impressive number a year and a half before their target date. And then things exploded. By 2014, the number of Little Free Libraries had more than quadrupled, blowing Carnegie completely out of the water. Today, Little Free Libraries are a full-fledged, if still humbly grassroots, global movement. There are libraries in Ukraine, Iceland, and Pakistan, China, Italy, and Japan, India, Australia, and South Korea. They stand in big cities like New York and Los Angeles, as well as in the smallest towns of Iowa and Idaho. They're planted in parks, cafes, and hospital waiting rooms, but mostly they are friendly beacons in our collective front yards. Little Free Library stewards are what keeps the movement inspired. Many of them have discovered ways to use their libraries to accomplish amazing things. One woman in India is bringing a thousand little free libraries to underserved students in her country. Inmates of a Midwestern prison build the libraries as a way to give back to society. And a college grad in North Carolina raised more than $10,000 on Kickstarter for a single little free library. Though she went on to build many more than just one. 
So through the ingenuity of stewards like these, little free libraries and the books they hold are being put into action in ways that Bull and Brooks had never imagined. Todd says, little free libraries are turning regular people into heroes in their communities. And I would agree. Um, the Little Free Library organization itself has been recognized as a hero. Um, they've been given awards by the American Library Association, the National Book Foundation. They're a partner to the Library of Congress. And Reader's Digest named them one of the 50 things we love about America, right after sliced bread. But they did beat out Bruce Springsteen, so that was pretty good. Um, Ellen DeGeneres and Stephen Colbert are fans, and Mark Zuckerberg keeps a little free library at Facebook headquarters, which I think is beautifully ironic. Um, the little free library book captures some of this magic, and to do that I interviewed public policy and community building scholars, uh, former poet laureate Billy Collins, and rock star librarian Nancy Pearl. So Nancy is so well-known in the library circle that she has her own librarian action figure. Um, it shushes instead of karate chops or something. Um, and Nancy, who lives in Seattle, she plans a seven-mile daily walk around the city just so she can visit as many little free libraries as possible. I also spoke to um, the editor of the journal Public Art Dialogue about the visual appeal of little free libraries and their role in public art. Here's what she has to say. Little free libraries tie in the best circumstances to public art. There's an element of surprise. It's something that you can publicly engage with. You're not being told that it's hands-off or that you can't participate. You're encouraged to be part of it. Aesthetics are different for everybody, which is why I think that public art is good when it's diverse. And as you all know, little free libraries can be very diverse. Um, here are a few examples. This one you might recognize. Um, Maria Olson and Kirk Brust of Bloomington, Minnesota made their little free library as a life-size replica of Doctor Who's TARDIS. And they've gotten visitors from all over. They've even had engagement photos taken with their little free library. Um, I love this roadside library. It is in Muskoka Lakes, Ontario, and it was carved from a hollow ash tree. Um, but this road is so remote, and the weather's so harsh there that they actually close it down in the winter. So you're lucky to stumble across this. So you might be familiar with yarn bombing. It's a form of street art where a public object is wrapped in knit or crochet. And in Bellingham, Washington, uh, one woman, a friend of ours from Facebook now, decided to yarn bomb her little free library. And there's even instructions in the book how to do it. Little free libraries have been called a folk art revival, but not all little free libraries are folksy. In 2013, the Architectural League of New York and the Penn World Voices Festival commissioned 10 little free libraries that are works of modern art. Now here's a photo of a little free library especially near and dear to the heart of Skylight Books. It was built by Carrie Slattery, the former general manager, who recently retired after 18 years. And this one really shows how um, Little Free Library stewards incorporate their life experience into their libraries. Um, it's built from a repurposed artist box that belonged to the original owner of her house. He was an artist at Disney Studios. 
And since her boyfriend Ben is a baker, it's also made from an old bread box and has a rolling pin as a handle. When I was working on the Little Free Library book, the most important research I did was to talk to Little Free Library stewards all over the world. And whether they lived in Iceland or California, there, was, there were a couple of universal truths. One was the love of books, and the other was the idea of social connection. Little Free Libraries helped them engage with their neighbors and make their communities better places to live. So the challenge of the book wasn't to find enough great stories of social justice and stronger neighborhoods and spreading literacy. It was really keeping the book to a manageable page count because we wanted it to be small enough to actually fit into a little free library. So I'd like to share a few examples of some of the fascinating stories from the book. This is one of my favorites. Um, Two women from New Jersey rode a tandem bike from Wisconsin to Colorado, building little free libraries and writing crowdsourced poetry along the way. On their thousand-mile trip, they were able to build 25 libraries. They did have a friend drive a camper, so they didn't have to haul all the materials on their bike. Here in Los Angeles, the LAPD is working with the Little Free Library organization to put Little Free Libraries in each of the police precincts. And they're doing this to help develop better communication with the people who live in their neighborhoods. So here you can see an officer who's hosting a story hour for kids. And the police chief I spoke with said that the response has been overwhelming. The the program is also spreading to other cities like Cleveland, Detroit, New Orleans, and Ferguson, Missouri. Um, There are several stewards across the country who use their little free libraries to trade more than books. Some use them as seed exchanges, where neighbors can trade kale, cucumber, basil, and other seeds for their gardens. Um, This is one of the little free seed libraries in Minnesota. And I love how she has violets growing on the roof. Last year, in the midst of social and political turmoil in Ukraine... A woman helped establish more than 100 little free libraries. Writers and artists there work with kids to create anthologies that they place in the libraries for others to find. And the same kind of program is happening here in L.A. at 826 L.A., the tutoring center. And this, is, this was a really sweet story. Um, a little boy named um, Umar Ansari wrote me a letter with the help of his dad. Um, saying that when he moved to a new village in Qatar, um, he wanted to make new friends. And so they built a little free library together so he could share books and get to know um, the new kids in the neighborhood. So it's kind of like a little free library is an icebreaker um, no matter what part of the world you live in. Um, This is someone who we just visited last weekend in New Orleans, um, Linda Prout. And when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, 80% of the city was flooded. It obliterated many of the neighborhoods, and it destroyed all of the public libraries. So Linda started establishing a network of little free libraries. And her role there played a small but mighty part in bringing a sense of community to the city. Um, And I'll take time to read one story from the book before we talk with Mr. Bowl. And some of you might have heard about this um, as it was happening. It got quite a bit of press. 
dangerous, threatening, criminal. These aren't words typically associated with a nine-year-old boy and his little free library. That's why it caused such an uproar when the city of Leewood, Kansas, forced young Spencer Collins to take down the little free library he'd built with his dad and granddad as a Mother's Day present for his mom, Sarah. The cheery little library stood in Spencer's front yard, marked with a familiar cue to take a book. But because it was a freestanding structure, the library violated a city code, and the Collins family received a notice telling them to remove it or be hit with a substantial fine. Spencer was confused when he heard the news. I thought it was a good thing for the community, and I love reading, he says. Almost immediately, Spencer's story went viral, causing public outcry. Everyone, it seemed, thought that Lee Wood had it wrong. People from around the world reacted to the story, says Sarah. We were overwhelmed by the support we received. The Collins family started a Facebook page for Spencer's Little Free Library, which quickly drew more than 30,000 followers. The hashtag Free Spencer's Library trended on social media. Hundreds of people contacted the Leewood City Council to request that the ordinance be amended. And Spencer appeared on CNN, NPR, The Today Show, and more to talk about his outlawed library. In the midst of this kerfuffle, Spencer got a letter and a book donation from children's author Daniel Handler, better known as Lemony Snicket. It read, Dear Mr. Collins, It is my understanding that mysterious and sinister things have been occurring to your free library. Please consider these books a donation to your noble efforts and a warning to all mysterious and sinister people that fighting against librarians is immoral and useless in the face of brave and noble readers such as yourself. With all due respect, Lemony Snicket. He also received a touching note from Holocaust survivor and author Inga Auerbacher, who wrote... Books are very important in life. I am a child survivor of the Holocaust, a time when the Nazis burned so many books. I would like to send you my first book, I Am a Star, because you are my little hero, you are my star. I was your age when I was in the concentration camp without any books. As the next city council meeting approached, Spencer was determined to let his voice be heard and save his little free library. The nine-year-old was full of common sense and brevity. I want you to allow little free libraries because I love to read, Spencer told the council. Lots of people in the neighborhood use the library, and the books were always changing. I think that's good for Leewood. When it was time for the decision, it was unanimous. The council ruled in favor of Spencer's little free library and offered a temporary moratorium and pledged to find a permanent solution that would keep little free libraries legal in Leewood. Spencer and his family were thrilled that they could reinstall their library and the town celebrated its return. One of the best things after we put the library back up, Sarah says, was that people would drive down the street and honk or roll down the window and say how happy they were to see it. So I love that story because it's a great example of how one person, even a young boy, can make a real impact. Um, and speaking of people who've made a real impact, um, I want to ask Little Free Library founder Todd Bull to come up, and we'll have a little conversation. Oh, hi, Todd. Todd and I have been spending a lot of time together, for which I feel lucky. So... 
something that I always like to talk to you about is, you know, the fact that you built this little free library, the first one, not really, maybe with a grand plan in mind. No grand plan. No grand plan. And. No grand plan, yeah. Even when you started placing them in a few, a few towns, did you ever imagine that it could grow into a movement of 28,000? Um, I still can't imagine. You know, it, um, it, well, it always amazed me when the f first one was up and people came and looked at it. They always talked to it like it was a new kitty or something or a new dog. They got excited. They got thrilled. Their voices got pitched. So I knew it was magic. I just didn't know how far and where that was going. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it still amazes me. You know, it, it, today we were at USC and we talked to them about building a hundred of them for the Los Angeles area and they want to do that. They're excited about it. And so we're seeing more and more stories all across this planet that is exciting. And by the way, I just have to say that stewards, I'm convinced, are the best people in the world. <laughs> they just are unbelievable. They're dedicated to their community. They're great readers, and they love changing things. So we've got a network of some of the most astonishing people in the world. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think that people are drawn to Little Free Libraries? You know, why are there so many stewards and why are we all so connected with it? I think it's a primal need. I think we want to be connected with our neighbors. We get excited to be connected with our neighbors. Um, people want to feel that the neighbor down the street is a friend, someone they can rely upon, someone that's comfortable with. And so I think it brings out a primal need in us to be part of a community. Um, you know, I always tell that story about air conditioning and... Um, I think this is one of the better stories I've heard about Little Free Library. A gentleman came up to me after a presentation, and he said, I understand this. It's all about air conditioning. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, I'm 60 years old. And he said, when I was a kid, my parents read on the porch. My grandparents read on the porch. We played on the sidewalk. We all knew our neighbors. We you know, interplayed every day. We all knew each other. And then we got air conditioning. We went in the house, we shut the windows, we shut the doors, we turned on the TV, and the digital divide began. And it was all downhill from there. And he said, but with Little Free Library, we're talking again. And we, you know, as you know, we constantly hear that I've met more people in the last five to seven days than I have in 30 years. And so it's been called a revolution in neighborhood conversation. And I think what it is, is people really are starting to connect and feel comfortable, and that's the way they want to be in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and what are you most excited about for the future? What's, what's going on? Well, um, there's some information here up in the front table, and we've started a couple things. Um, here locally, I had a breakfast with a gentleman named David Finkel, and he's the producer of the New Girl Show with Zoe Deschanel. And we came up with the phrase, what you're eating? And we're trying to make it the new hip hello and trying to get every kid to say it. And since every most books are read by women, we're trying to have it that any woman that goes out on a date Girl, first thing she says is to the guy, "What you reading?" 
<laughs> and if he doesn't have a good answer, he's not a good answer. And so, so can you imagine that every guy knows that in order for a girl to even pay attention to him, he's got to read good books and read them often? Mm-hmm. And change everything. So we have a challenge, what you're reading up there. And the other thing that we're really excited about is that... Um, Little Free Library opens the door to the community and we're starting something called Literacy Friendly Neighborhoods. We all do better when we all do better. And we're giving away signs that say that in exchange for people putting together 10 different things they can do in their neighborhood to change the neighborhood. And we're getting hundreds of really great ideas that we're publishing in a little kind of workbook uh, toolkit. And we're going to get it out to stewards. And the stewards are taking all of that wisdom and helping us assimilate it out. And we really know that the school systems, the traditional literacy systems, need help. This is the first generation in America that the generation behind us is not as educated and we're the only Western country that that's true. That's really, really sad. So what we're trying to do is get the neighbors around the country to step up and make sure that everybody reads well in their neighborhood. Take care of your neighborhood. So we've got some information up there. That's what I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. But what I'm really excited about is every time I look in the paper, there's a new review about Margaret's book. Uh, LA Times said it was literary democracy. How cool is that? San Francisco paper said it's one of the best American exports. Um, she uh, got great reviews in the Christian Science Monitor and the Chicago paper. I told her that she's getting spoiled because I haven't seen one negative comment about her book. So um, she'll get one. I'll maybe make one up or something. But, uh, but so far, it's great. It's a great book, and she's done a great job of pulling the stories and the passion and the heart and the spirit of Little Free Library together and telling the tale. And the thing why this is a great book for not only buy copy but many copies is that it's a better story of us. It's a better story of we. Um, about three weeks ago, I, I met the former governor of Wisconsin, Governor Doyle, and he was talking to me, and he said, you know, what's going on in America right now, the dissension and the polarity, he says, that's not who we are. He said, little free library is who we are. We help each other, we reach across the aisle, we reach across the street, we help our neighbors, we help educate them, we lift them up. He says, that's who we are. And he was very kind, and he was saying, the spirit and the heart of who we are as Americans comes through more in this little free library book than what you see in the news and what you see in the politics. It's us stepping up to help our neighbors, and, I, and it touches me so much to see so many people get involved, and Margaret has done such a great job of expressing it. So obviously you've got to buy a dozen of these. Well, I love it because whenever I ask Todd what you're reading, he always says, the little free library book. <laughs> um, I'd really love to open up the conversation and... Um, I'd love to hear from stewards. Maybe they have a little free library story to share of their own. Um, or if you have any questions for, for Todd or for me, um, we'd be happy to answer those too. Um, but I'd be curious to know what your experience has been. You want to come up, you know you do. <laughs> Hi. 
Hi, my name is Fiel. I'm a little free library steward in Chino, California. I apologize in advance if sometimes I'm not going to make sense. I came out from a 12-hour night shift at the hospital, oh. so I might randomly fall asleep while I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> um, but um, my little free library is called the Bicycling Bunny Little Free Library. It's part of the because I like bicycling, and also I have three bunnies. So it made sense to make a library out of that concept. Um, but it was born out of the love of books as a kid growing up in the Philippines and it was my first window to America and seeing how that culture is um, reading about like lurch, um, classic literature and all of that. My favorite book is um, The Great Gatsby. Mm. And when I came to America, I thought, oh, that's how America is. Everybody parties at a mansion. <laughs> and I came, I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> so um, as a little kid growing up and um, when I moved here, I was like, yeah, that's, let's share the love of reading. And when I came across the movement, I was like, well, there you go. That's something that I need to do. So when we moved to Chino, I told myself I'm going to make it and did not have any like skills whatsoever in carpentry or painting or anything and managed to get one up in our neighborhood. And within that week, I met, I've never met the neighbor who lived in front of me. And they came over and said hi and said, so what is this? Is this really free? <laughs> and then I said, yeah, you know, just get a book. And then he was like, cool. And then he grabbed the book, and then the next-door neighbor grabbed a book about Julia Child. She said, I've always wanted to read this book. Mm -hmm. And it just started, and there was literally kids from, like, three blocks over, four blocks over that were just, like, making it their part of their walk um, before dinner mm -hmm. to get a book with their parents, read it, and then come back and return it the same night. So I, I've seen a lot of them just come back and be like, I want to get another mom. And they're like, no, just get one book because there's other kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Leave some for the other kids. So it's been an amazing experience so far. And it's going to be my one-year anniversary pretty soon as a library steward. So there's going to be parties with buddies. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bill's here from Chino, and I'm here from Redondo Beach. So we've actually covered so much of LA already just with two people. Um, my town didn't have any, and I, there was a uh, Little Free Library community build in Mar Vista or, or Marina Del Rey um, a few years ago. And I, I, I'm an art teacher, and I like to paint, so I grabbed my kids and went up, and we volunteered to paint Little Free Libraries. And they made about 10 that day. It was a big crowd of people, 50 people. It was really fun. And at the end of the day, they said, well, you know, we gave away all the ones that we had planned, like we had assigned to people, but we made too many today. Do you want one? So I got to take home the one that me and my kids decorated, even though I had no idea it was going to be mine when I was working on it, um, which is kind of fun because I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have done such a good job for myself. Um, <laughs> But I really, because I'm an art teacher, I, I want to paint things like all the time. I would paint all my neighbors' houses and paint the streets and stuff, but they wouldn't like that. Um, I know that. So I can paint this and I can decorate this and I can make silly things about this and everybody likes that part. Um, keep it in my own yard, I guess. Um, but it gives them something to walk by. It's a landmark for our neighborhood. It's I live near the Little Free Library. 
at the, behind the picket fence. Um, the dog walkers, that's, you know, that's a mile mark for them. Okay, yeah, we've passed this twice. Now we can you know, head home. Um, I had two packages in my little free library this year so far from absolute complete random strangers. One of them was from the Netherlands. Because I live near LAX, um, people are in town from a lot of places. And I went out and there was a package from someone from the Netherlands who was passing through. And she's also a library steward. And she... um, she brought me a book and some homemade bookmarks and a card that she'd made saying, you know, hello, fellow steward. Um, and then two weeks later, another one came, and it was somebody in my neighborhood who I know is a regular because she signs a little book a lot. But the little book went missing. Um, and she made a new book. She made it. She collaged it. She, made, she punched the corner. She bound it. She gave me extra pages to put in for later. I've never met this woman that I know of, but I love knowing that someone who cares that much and pays attention to the little details is walking by my house every day. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That is cool. Thank you. Ginny and Finn, you want to tell us about your library? You've got a nice library, and you have special guests show up at your library all the time. They do have a really cute little free library. They do. Yes. I, she signed my book. Oh. Finn did too. <laughs> and I noticed that when Ginny signed it, Finn helped her. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Hi, Finn. Can you say hi? Say hi. Hi. <laughs> hi, I'm Ginny. This is Finn. We're um, somewhere in the book. Uh, in the early side, we used to have a library four blocks from here, um, right down Russell. Uh, we moved to Hello. and we, we tried to leave the Hello. library here, but um, we left because our house got sold out from under us, and we gave it to our neighbors, Hello. and then their house got sold under them, so it's an equal lockdown. Um, but we built a library when Finn was six months old, and we hadn't had any sleep in six months. So I saw a picture on the internet, and I said, I, I know I haven't slept in six months, but we have to do this. And my husband says, well, we can't build anything, and I don't think we should hold nails right now. <laughs> so we went to Home Depot, and we bought a drawer. And a um, glass window on it. So we and hung it sideways, and that's where our books were. But Todd was saying, there's a funny story in the book. Um, Okay, you say one more thing, and then I'm going to finish real quick. Hello. Okay. Uh, We kept seeing doctors at our little free library, and um, they would come out and look through the books and have a smoke break and flip through the book on the sidewalk and have sit there and have a cup of coffee. And uh, this was happening for about two weeks. And we were out in the yard, and it was late one Friday night, and a couple of them came by on their break, and we said, oh, we heard, like, a lot of your coworkers coming. They said, oh, everybody's coming. They know about this thing, and everybody's coming on their break. And we said, well, what kind of books do you like? Do you want more science books, or do you guys like fiction, or what do doctors like? And they said, oh, we're not doctors. We're actors on Grey's Anatomy. That was the most fun, but we love it, and um, we've met so many people through it, and it's meant so much to uh, Little Finn, who I don't think could imagine life without it. His favorite book, Johnny Tractor's Fun Farm Day, came from the Little Free Library, so Aww. thank you, whoever left that. Yeah. Okay, That's thank so you. Cool. He, he's thank meant to be guys. on the stage. Um, there, there's always heartwarming and touching stories that we hear all the time about. Uh, one we got from Culver City about two weeks ago, 
the Culver City Steward's not here, is it? And it was from a note they got in their little free library, and it said it was Jacob and Mom. Said we don't have a house, we don't we don't have access to books. You know, we're homeless, but we use your little free libraries to get books. And when we get a home someday, we'll get a little free library. So I know that there's 168,000 homeless children in this area in Los Angeles, and little free libraries serve to uh, help that because they're available books for everybody. And so it's it's been just wonderful, and we expect a lot from this state. You know, there's about 2,500 of them, as Margaret said, and we're expecting to see double and triple those numbers in the next year, year and a half. We started in Minneapolis with five in 2011, and now in, in Minnesota we got 3,000, similar in Wisconsin. But with all the might of California, I'm sure that in two years we'll be at 10,000. So we look forward to the support and the excitement. As I mentioned to some of you today, we were at USC talking to the police chief, and he's going to put together a 100 library build day, probably involving three to 400 students and community members and put them out in the community. And when, when that happens, Lions Clubs, Rotaries, uh, churches, individuals, lawyers, attorneys, uh, corporations, they step up and they build more and more and more. And it's exciting at what it does to open up the neighborhood. Any questions in the audience? Yes? Yeah, what kind of criteria are the folks involved with the USC I'm not sure it. We're developing it, but it's, I mean, criteria meaning where they're going? Yeah, Where they're going to have an application form and that people can apply for to get them in their neighborhoods. And I'm sure if you pay attention to our Facebook and website in the next couple of weeks, you'll see it develop. Anybody else? Thank you. Okay. Yes. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I'm with a Friends of the Library group. That's our... Li librarians and and that that's our that's our biggest fan base by the way. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So I'm wondering, um, what what sort of special advice do you have for for our you know section of the globe, you know, the friends of the library type groups? Well, our biggest customers, our biggest fans. I mean, we we won the Movers and Shakers Award from the Library Association. You know, I'm they give us free booth space and all kinds of stuff at the American Library Association conference in in uh, in San Francisco at the end of June. Um, they're constantly doing build days where they get groups together and build them and put them out there. They're constantly a source for books for us, for, for them. And we see a lot of times that libraries think of us as a branch of a branch. And, and I w we were just hearing at lunch that several libraries are actually just putting little free libraries right outside the library, mm -hmm. you know, as an access for free books. Um, what you can think of, you can probably do. It's okay. Manhattan Beach Library was recently remodeled, and they closed for two years. Um, and they encouraged people to build little free libraries in the town, so that there'd be some kind of continuity, some place oh, to get books. Great. So there must have been ten built in the last few years in Manhattan Beach because hmm. some of them are official, probably some of them aren't. But mm -hmm. Girl Scout troops, Boy Scout troops, um, all kinds of folks built them mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. That's really cool. Well, uh, we have a program called Goodmates. We're a correctional facility in, in Wisconsin, in Prairie du Chien. We've sent out over 130 little libraries after Hurricane Sandy, after uh, you know tornadoes in Joplin. We've sent them here. We've sent them to, to El Paso, New Orleans, all over the country. 
and uh, step up and help whenever possible. Yes. Can they be built on? Do they have to be built on the property, or can they be built on city property? On the other cities. Side well, cities work with us frequently, and they. We've had three cities say no, and they got the wrath of Little Free Library. Oh, oh yes, they did. That's like messing with a little girl in her lemonade stand, you know. Um, um, Whitefish Bay out of Milwaukee two years ago said no to Little Free Library, and they ended up in Time Magazine's top ten worst decisions for local government. So, and and you talked about Spencer, so you can see what happens. Do you have to check with any officials before putting one up? Depends where you put it. If you put it in your yard, you're usually not going to have a problem. But if you start putting things on city property, you have to check. You just have to. And, and people, one of the key mistakes they make initially is they think location over steward. And it's more important to have an impassioned steward than a location. Because, like, if you just put it in the park and it's abandoned and nobody checks it, it gets uh, religious political stuff. It gets, you know, free car wash information. And, you know, it just turns into a dumping ground. But so having an impassioned steward that oversees it every day and takes care of it is a really key to success. Just putting it somewhere because you think it's cool is it's not a good idea. In, in college towns, I could see uh, little free libraries with textbooks because they're so expensive. Mm -hmm. Is that a yeah, we see them in we see them in college towns. We have them in Madison, and if you there's like over 500 in the Madison area, and if you were to have as many as you do in the Madison area, there'd be over half a million across the country. But there you'll find PhD thesis on insects, and yeah. you know you'll see things that you couldn't believe that showed up in the little libraries. They're very different than the neighborhood ones. Hmm. Anybody else? Margaret, do you have some parting words? Well, just thank you all for coming. This has been a real pleasure, again, to be in Skylight Books and to see all of you. So thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.